Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm here at RMIT University in Melbourne and I'm presenting Talking Design. I'm here with someone who has had an amazing career in textiles. You may have heard his name. His name is uh, Douglas McManus. He's been... Um, and funnily enough, he didn't start... He's a textile designer, textile, and he's been... Um, working consistently for many decades, but he actually got into textiles through fine art. Welcome to the show, Douglas. Thank you, Stephen. Douglas, tell me a little bit about your background. You started at Curtin University in fine art. I did, I did indeed, and um, in printmaking was my sort of major. And my best friend at the time was um, studying textiles right next door to the printmaking department, and I was completely sort of like, you know, um, uh, totally interested in what they were doing in that department with, with fabric. So I just one day with, with him, we, we raided the actual sort of like litho press and put fabric through it, and all these exciting things happened, and from then on, that's how it happened, really. I just basically started to kind of use... Um, material as a substrate rather than sort of paper. Anyone in the family who was connected to textiles? Uh, well, the only person that was connected to textiles was my grandmother, who was um, German and used to do a lot of craft work, yeah. like sort of basket weaving yeah. and and making sort of like, you know, woven fabrics and things like that. So I remember watching her as a young child in her little studio at the yeah. back. So, Douglas, you... You graduated and you kind of followed a direction in textiles. Textiles in Australia must be almost impossible to do now. I mean, in the 40s and 50s, we had people like Francis Burke and, you know, amazing talent coming through in the late 40s and 50s with, you know, Russell Drysdale and all these people doing designs for mm -hmm. um, fabric. But in the 80s, to start... You started Print in Tin with a couple yes, of others. we did. And what were you thinking? I don't know. We were just young and we were, you know, we were hanging around the meat market together, printing Who, who were the other partners? Uh, Matthew Flynn, um, Andrew McNamara and Linda Britton. Linda Britton as Not well? Not that Linda Britton, oh. but there's two Linda Brittons. <laughs> She's Linda Britton, the fashion designer. <laughs> no, it wasn't Linda Britton, the fashion designer. It was Linda Britton, the textile designer. And um, we all kind of met there, um, Matthew, myself and Andrea mostly, um, because we used to use the Meat Market Craft Centre to print in. And then one day we thought, well, why, why are we doing it here? And, mm. and why can't we actually sort of organise our own space and, and um, go from there? So we did. We actually basically got a government grant and... Um, basically put together Print and Tin down in West Melbourne at the time and uh, it was very successful. We basically started printing for like labels like, you know, Sarah, Sarah Thorne and Stussy and... Wow. Um, Sarah and Thorne was a big name yeah, in the Yeah, Bruce 80s. Lurich and people like that, you know, Galaxy... Yeah. You know, all those sort of people. And did they give you specific commissions or you came up with the designs? Well, no, we, they, they, were, they were basically designing themselves. Like Bruce Slorich was actually doing a lot of design then and we basically were just print. We had a 33-metre table, which was massive um, in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and so we used to do all the hand printing there besides doing our own work. So basically that's how it paid for the actual sort of studio. This would have been 82, 83? Oh, no, it was a little bit later than that. Yeah. It was probably about 86, I yeah. think. 86 we started, yeah. And it ran probably till about early 90s. And uh, then it was taken over by Vixen, 
the label oh. Vixen. They they took over our Prince Studio. Oh, I didn't and, know that. And ran that for a few years. And now it's now it's lovely, beautiful apartments in West Melbourne. Like most studios. Like most spaces, studios. It's a bit disappointing, really. But anyway, what were those times like? I mean, how did it work? Oh. The collaboration. Did you kind of come up with ideas? Did you sell retail, or did you sell directly to designers? Well, we we basically were doing retail mostly. We're doing our own work and retailing. We also had a retail shop at the studio. Um, so we're basically designer makers right back then. Um, and, uh, you know, people like Matthew Flynn had a fairly good sort of like uh, re- retail um, exposure through his sort of tights, his printing tights and things of that nature. Um, and so we, you know, it was, it was print, print in the 80s was extremely, it, it was massive, Stephen. Like, and it's know, actually coming back again now. Well, it does. It goes in cycles, which thank God it does. So it yeah. kind of keeps us in business, you yeah. know, sometimes. Because then in the 90s, everything went plain. Yeah, it went all that minimalist kind of look. Plain. Plain. I'll plain. have navy or beige. <laughs> Plain, eco-friendly, green, you know, nature, all yeah. that sort of stuff. But, but so you know, like, but that's that's the beauty of sort of like you know, fashion, I guess, that it does is cyclic and that things come back into um, fashion, and we you know we get to kind of like you know, play with sort of like motif and pattern again. Yeah. It actually is very big at the moment, like huge, it's huge. It's absolutely huge again. So yeah, which is great. So. What was the nail in the coffin for Printing Tin? Was it just getting mainly the plain nature it's, of fabrics it's, it's, or you just well, all want to go your own way? We want to do our own work and, and we're, we're, we're basically developing in different directions. I mean, I was going to a much more fine art textile exhibition direction and Matthew was um, uh, interested in antiques and and, and um, like interior furniture and furniture interior design and, and Andrew is actually interested in publishing books you know she could be she ended up being an editor of a magazine um, a book publishing company okay. so we're kind of like we, you know we were young at the time we, we got together to do this and after six years of doing that we just it wasn't there wasn't any kind of reason to kind of we could have kept going but we basically just were moving in different directions as people as, as okay. artists design and that's what sort of like made it fold. What was the next step, Douglas? Me? Yeah, what did you... Well, the next step for me was pretty much um, commission work, like interior design commission work. So I did the... I think the big commissions I had was Melbourne Central uh, exterior flags for the opening of Melbourne Central in Melbourne. I did this sort of this um, Red Eagle Hotel interior in the early 90s, which... Where was that? It was in South Melbourne. I don't think it exists <laughs> anymore. Like, a lot of things don't exist. And, and then I basically... Um, went to Sydney and started working at UTS University there, University of Technology Sydney, and was doing commissions for architects and and, um, people in Sydney. So furnishings? Pretty pretty much interior design mostly, mostly furnishing, like furnishing fabrics. Um, Like a lot of, I did a lot of um, like uh, covering for sound baffling and sort of like because of the whole minimalist, you know, interior design nature of of hard surfaces. Fabrics became, there was a bit of a renaissance in fabrication in those sorts of like the interior design. Okay. Yeah. And um, I think my most most famous piece in probably um, uh, Sydney was the Chelsea Hotel, this 80 metre long sort of digitally printed wall, which I did um, probably back in about 2002 or something. Still there? No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) The hotel or the fabric? No, you've changed the interior, of course, since then. Like, that's, you know, like 12 years ago. So things change, of course, and that's disappeared. Um, and yeah, that was with Shelley Indic Architects. We actually, uh, she she uh, she was a finalist in the sort of like you know um, some um, Australian Architecture Award for it for the okay. interior space that they did. Yeah, so it was you, fun. You're now um, lecturing.
working in um, TAFE and Bachelor of Arts at RMIT yes. University in textile design. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there is a bit of a renaissance with textiles at the moment. And I think, you know, recently we had um, Melbourne Now yes. at the National Gallery of Victoria, and, and I saw a couple of your pieces, which was really a highlight, I think, of Melbourne Now. Thank you. I thought it was beautifully done, and it was really quite moving. I thought, mm. you know, it was and it was also in a, a very precious uh Environment. There was Julia Deville's work. Um, uh, who's the guy with the um, uh, Stellark? Stellark, yes. It's Stellark, and your work as well. So it was a really nice synergy of designers mm. and creatives, really, and they work kind of talk to each other. Yeah, I agree. Tell me about that installation because it was quite mm. personal. Um, yeah, well, it's it's quite personal. Um, um, I mean, the 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 kind of whole concept about that sort of piece of work came across because I was diagnosed with sort of early onset Parkinson's um, about three years ago and um, that's yeah. kind of really where that the basis of the beginning of that work started and it was a matter of working through some was, of the issues. It was, it was kind of like it was. I already started working in that sort of like gothic kind of way with that sort of like larger canvas leaf imagery, um, and uh, with a number of other pieces of work. Um, but basically, it was kind of like it was kind of like my kind of response to like being diagnosed with a condition a neurological condition which a lot of people are and the the way that i responded to that in terms of actually um you know the medication reaction diagnosis the damage that's actually caused by that and my sort of like uh, my alternative belief system in sort of like an eastern kind of way of actually looking at that those sort of that sort of condition because in the work there was almost um you could see the almost blood vessels or yeah, yeah. Kind of moving through the fabric well i was using a lot of high-end technology in that sort of piece i mean the whole piece was basically laser engraved um and um on microfiber so that, that technology aspect is really important to my work and i was using sort of like like electro electroluminescent like sound activated wire so any sound response would actually shoot those electrical sort of energy or through light the, through, the, through the work um and so it was kind of like it was it was, both, it was kind of an immersive piece i guess so it's kind of like about people's responses to it were were quite emotional it evoked quite a lot of emotion in people because it was about it's about overall it's about the human condition and the fragility of the human condition and a lot of people responded to that in the work Mm -hmm. Um, and um, that was actually um, a quite exciting aspect of it that um, you know it actually sort of like a lot of people did have some sort of like response to it rather than just Mm. another piece of work and ignoring it and walking past pretty Mm. much well Um, it was really quite strong I mean it was very strong mm. it was very dark and it was was very dark but it was actually to me it was actually quite beautiful it wasn't it was hauntingly beautiful it wasn't there was a dark aspect to it but the but the whole idea because I have this belief in eastern kind of like medicine and sort of and i use a lot of alternative therapies to kind of like 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 deal with what i'm going through at the moment but um and it's all about sort of like regrowth because the canthus leaves is about sort of like you know new renewal and and um ways of actually renewing the sort of like neural pathways in the body yeah. and the plasticity of the brain and all that sort of stuff so i actually believe i'm doing really well with this <laughs> with this condition i mean i'm pretty i'm doing exceptionally well um Douglas, you love developing your own work. Yeah. How does it 
for you, how do you start a process oh, with, God, okay. is it something that you, are you kind of struck, very structured in the way you work not, or is it just no, you have an idea and then you... Not really. I mean, I'm working on a new piece called Laundry. So <laughs> I'll talk about that because that's really kind of like, kind of fun the way that came about. Um, I hate doing laundry, Stephen. I hate doing laundry. Mm. So every place that I, I tend to build up this pile of laundry and one day I just threw myself on this piece of laundry <laughs> in my underwear and took a photograph of it. And I just, the actual sort of, the pose and everything else looked incredibly like the Renaissance sort of picture. And I just was kind of obsessed by these sort of forms of this, these laundry shapes. Mm -hmm. And so basically the piece I'm doing is this, this, this gigantic transparent, uh, pile of actually clothes on the floor. Um, all made up of actually like laser engraved fabrication. But it's also like shells, see-through shells of actually men's clothing on the floor. And I've actually I've actually been photographing all my friends um, in their underwear, throwing themselves on piles of laundry. And how and will I, that translate uh, into fabric? Well, actually, yeah. well, the, the fabric that basically the, the, I'm using the, this laser engraved technique that I did for Melbourne now, and I've actually sort of like engraved panel pieces like like, like fashion pa- like um, patterns. Okay. Blocks, blocks like men's suiting blocks and vests and pants and underwear and socks and everything. It's all basically been like made out of this sort of like transparent microfiber fabric. And, and where will we see this work? You'll see this at um, this exhibition called Material Edge in September, starting at the Wangaratta Art Regional Art Gallery. Okay. It's um, just five artists that are actually looking at different responses to fa- textiles. Um, yeah. Douglas, I'm interested, and I think you are too, given your background, why is it so difficult to produce great Australian textile designers? And I'm not looking at you, uh, but I, it's why just, it? it must be very... Um, is it because it's its just people <laughs> think it's too much work or the market's not there? Well, there's, there's the, 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 oh, we're, the, the market's definitely not there. I mean, there's, there's, we have a small population, Stephen. It's, you know, like compared to sort of Europe or, like, you know, in England, I mean, there's, you know, the... There's just not enough people to support like designer maker bespoke couture kind of fabrication and textile mm. design in that. In that, that and form. is it not worth trying overseas market or is it? Well, the, the interesting thing is that a lot of our students, I, you know, I try to get my students, encourage my students to see them as international designers, see themselves as international designers because of the nature of actually, mm. you know, the technology and yeah. World Wide Web and uh, online networking, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Most of my graduates um, do see themselves that way. They don't see themselves restricted to the Australian market in that sense anymore. Um, and you really do have to see yourself as a, as, as a um, as competing against sort of international you know, markets, really, and, and designers, because that's basically how it works. So I've got students working in Switzerland, in London, Milan, mm-hmm. um, all over the place. You know, they don't they don't restrict themselves to Australia. And also, like you know, in terms of commissions and things of that nature, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I I work with sort of like overseas companies as well from Australia. Mm-hmm. So you ha- you have to be much more broad. You have to be quite entrepreneurial to kind of like survive Douglas what are the, who are the people you're working with overseas or who uh, have well, well I'm, wor- you- I'm, I'm working I'm, I'm working with um, um, we're just I'm just doing a project at the moment actually with students hmm. um, with Warner Textile Collection um, which is like wallpaper company in in in, in, in London mm-hmm. and um, with a with a with a um, organisation that actually uh, 
puts together like a, this international student exhibition uh, trade fair, Hem Textile, Textile in um, in a trade fair that's happening in London in September. Mm-hmm. So all that sort of those sorts of things are kind of going on in RMIT, which is which is that kind of like, like international connection, you know. What's what's the London project looking like? Um, uh, it's all based on Art Deco. Well, I should probably not have to speak about this. But oh, maybe not. No, no, that's no, fine. It's 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 all happening. We don't um, have to get into too. Specifics. No, 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 no. But basically, it's like you know, early twentieth century sort of design mm-hmm. influence, mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much um, it's basically um, people looking at sort of like that as a as a as a starting point to kind of develop contemporary. Uh, um, in- interpretations of that sort of period of history, um, history. Douglas, because we're always looking back. I know. I remember yeah. even the print in tin fabric that was produced in the eighties. There was a bit of the fifties going on in some of the designs, just in the in the yeah. feel of some of it. Yeah. Oh, look, it's it's. I think that there's always you know anyone who says they they ignore sort of like his, his history when they look at design is not is telling lies really. I mean, everybody, everybody. We don't work in a vacuum. You don't work in a vacuum, and and you know, like to kind of like create. Um, looks. I mean, you know, every designer, you know, with you know their 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 um. I want to try to say um, their salt. Their salt really would actually sort of like reference historical referencing in their work. I mean, mine's full of history, his, historical mm. referencing. I think it adds richness to it. Well, it does. It does, and it's about it's about sort of like adding value to that and actually reinterpreting those sort of aspects of history as mm. well, art history. Um, and but you know, it's amazing how we, we were just talking about like the, the whole Memphis. Revival, <laughs> but you know, like I mean, talking to students about mm-hmm. that, going, "Oh wow, look at this new look," you know, and I'm going, mm-hmm. "Well, it's actually not. It's actually a neo kind of like Memphis." Thing. How do students react to things like that? The Memphis what? period <laughs> is it just a bolt from the past that they can't relate to? Or is it something? No, no, new? they love it. They, but, but, but that's the reinterpretation because yeah. it's basically become like this really minimalist, minimalist kind of like look at Memphis. It's not that kind of really full on patterning that we remember um, from the eighties. And um, but um, but they you know, that. They they do respond to it. I mean, they're always they're always kind of looking at sort of trend forecasting and and um, finding out what's kind of happening around the world, and mm-hmm. that's obviously a big big uh, trend at the moment. And um, we see it a lot. Douglas, what's the biggest buzz for you? Is it actually seeing your work at the National Gallery of Victoria, or is it seeing clo- you know some someone wearing one of your designs or an interior where you can walk into and say, "Well, I actually, you know." The, um, the feel is very much because of... Oh, that's really hard one, Steve. Um, I think that I... The buzz I get is just making it. I'm just really passionate about textiles. I love love the, the possibilities with textiles and with the new technology that's available that I'm working with, like 3D printing and laser engraving and 3D digital printing and all that sort of stuff. It just gives me so much sort of like, you know, like, like opportunity to go and experiment and explore with new ways of putting textiles together. Do you feel like you're almost working with a metal... You know, like engraving. Well, well, yeah, or- well no, I, I think that the, the, the beautiful thing about textiles is actually it's like a malleable form. Like you can go from like you know, like a really soft, you know, silk kind of fabric to like this really hard uh, structural kind of like fabric fabrication that can create mm. form. And I, I think that, that all that sort of like like those possibilities are really exciting, you know. And you know, with new with new sort of like you know woven metallic sort of like fiber and all that sort of stuff, you can get amazing effects, you know. And I think that that. Um, 
you know, if you look across internationally, what's going on in, in, in terms of experimental textiles and actually like all the possibilities of that, it's a really exciting um, time, actually. Douglas, who would who'd be leading the way at the moment in textile design? Is it London? I, I, other- I think that in terms of actually probably print design it would be london like because it's just traditionally got liberty liberty it's just it's it's just it's all about the sort of the hand rendered and all the beautiful little high 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 end sort of like of uh, fabrics are coming from there um but in terms of technology i would, I would say like you know it's places like switzerland and germany and um that would be where that where that sort of like more um you know, art and science and design come together. And they've had that history through the better house. That's right, exactly right, yes. So, yeah. So what's on your immediate schedule? My immediate schedule is I've got a deadline to to produce a piece of work for the Design Institute of Australia, Design X Stand, in in 24th of May. Oh, Um, my God. What are you doing speaking to me? I know, well, exactly. And um, um, I've just been in the studio this morning. I got really excited because last night I pretty much... Printed this um, incredible, uh, hand printed this design and laser engraved over top of it and put it together with sort of this woven rope and hung it in the studio and I actually love it. So I'm, I'm just really dying to get back there and kind of like play with that today at some time. Um, well, Douglas, I won't hold you up. <laughs> but look, thanks so much for coming on the That's show. Oh, my pleasure. Um, look, you're a real talent in Melbourne and it's and very unassuming. And it's lovely to see someone who's really been at it for decades really getting the recognition that you deserve. Thank you very so, much. So, look, thanks so much. You've been with Douglas McManus, um, at our, uh, who uh, lectures in textile design, uh, and with Stephen Crafty, Talking Design at RMIT University. Thanks so much for listening.